The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Uh, Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for tuning back into the show. As I record this, I just got back from California. I was doing that class at Blue Star out in Concord, California on advanced application of bevel theory, and I feel like it went really well. Uh, It looks like a lot of the attendees had fun and got to learn some new stuff that they might not have seen before. Uh, I got to do some live piercing, which is always cool in a seminar. I'd like to do more of that stuff in the future. Got to do some surface piercings, and I really think that that's going to be my focus over the next few months is working on my own methods, uh, documenting a lot of the different techniques that can be used for successful surface piercing, and uh, I'll maybe start writing a new class on it. And I can maybe debut that uh, hopefully later this year. While I was out in California, I also got to add on an extra day and go do a tour at Anatometal in Santa Cruz, which was really cool. Uh, Barry Blanchard, the owner of Anatometal, took some time out of his very busy day to show me around the shop for a couple of hours. And then uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to sit down with Barry and record an interview. That will be next week's episode. I still have to... Uh, edit that one and put it together as an actual show. So tune in next week for the uh, Anatometal episode with Barry Blanchard. And that should be a really good one talking about their history and what they're working on now and how they turned that uh, five-month wait time into just a couple of weeks wait time. So a lot of hard work done in Anatometal. That definitely paid off. So uh, tune in next week for that special episode with Barry Blanchard. My episode this week is with uh, an awesome piercer named Brooke Bittens. Brooke was a piercer in New England for years at Black Diamond in Connecticut and has since moved out onto the road and uh, has chosen the APP member-at-large lifestyle. It seems like more and more piercers are kind of moving into that space and just kind of exploring their options in the industry and uh, going out and hunting down new techniques, kind of like a gotta-catch-em-all sort of mentality of making themselves as versatile as possible, working in a lot of different studios and gaining a lot of experience. And it seems like a a really cool, really enriching lifestyle for a lot of different piercers. And and Brooke is definitely no exception there. Uh, Brooke has been kind of out on the road as a a APP member at large for about the last year. So uh, she has a lot of great insight and uh, different tips and experiences on different guest spots and different studios. So we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about... Um, the conversations you'd have when you're out on the road in multiple studios with lots of different piercers with lots of different experience levels and kind of just letting yourself be vulnerable in those those peer conversations and being able to, to actually talk to people, uh, hey, these are the things that I struggle with, how did you overcome those same struggles, what's your technique for that, let's share information on this, and just going, being able to go out and just see the uh, see the world, see the U.S., and, and know what's really out there. So uh, it's a really cool, interesting conversation with Brooke Bittens that we'll get into in, in just a minute. For myself with my classes, you know, I always have to mention that stuff. The, uh, the next one I've got will be uh, Dusseldorf, Germany. I'm going to be leaving for that in just a few days, but that one's already booked up. 
So after that, I've got the Steriwash Day of Education in Chicago. Uh, you can contact Steriwash directly about that one. Uh, after that, for my own classes, I'm going to have one at the Boston Tattoo Convention. It was originally just going to be on doth piercings, date piercings, however you want to pronounce that word. Um, but I've got a little bit more time in my, my slot than I need for just that one subject. So I'm also going to do a little bit of information about surface piercing. I'll show some of the videos I've been working on and talk about some of the different techniques that I've been exploring. And uh, that should be a, a pretty fun bonus one. So if you want to sign up for that, it's going to be Sunday, April 5th at the Boston Tattoo Convention. You uh, register directly through me, so go ahead and email me at ryanpba at gmail.com if you want to come down and talk about uh, doth piercings and surface piercings for uh, one price. And it's a pretty low price, too. Uh, after that, I've got a class in the UK, and I'll be teaching that one with Lola Slider. Uh, I'm really excited to do that one. It's going to be the uh, ethical upselling, sell smarter, not harder, uh, and the marking workshop. That should be a really fun one. That's going to be Monday, April 13th, and that'll be in uh, Manchester, England. I've got a, a nice venue set up for that one. So if you want to go ahead and get registered for that, again, you can email me. You can check out uh, Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook. I've got an event page for that and really all my active classes. You can read some more information about that, see who else is RSVP and who might be going to those classes. Uh, and then I've got a brand new class that I can announce Sunday, May 3rd in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I'm going to be doing my advanced application of bevel theory class. That's going to include some live piercing, uh, surface piercings, but not just that. Uh, when I was out in California, I also did uh, a, a navel piercing and a nostril piercing to really show the different uh, freehand techniques, bevel theory techniques, bevel down techniques, however you want to uh, talk about it and, and what sort of terminology you want to use to describe the techniques. I, I can demonstrate that live and really help it click for you if it hasn't really clicked in the past. So that will be Sunday, May 3rd at Paradise Montreal. Uh, again, all the information is online. You can also visit precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars, and you can get all the info, and uh, you can get registered for it. So for now, let's just go ahead and get into this interview with Brooke Bittens, and I'll be back a little bit more at the end. Uh, well, hi, I'm Brooke Bittens. I'm currently an APP member at large, so I don't have a home studio at the moment, um, but I've been doing that for about the last 14 months. Um, tomorrow, actually, I'm going to be leaving for Brilliance Piercing in Vienna, Virginia. Um, I just got back from Royal Heritage in Los Angeles, and just before that, I was working at Rose Gold's in San Francisco. Um, so I'm everywhere. <laughs> I think it's a, a really cool time to be a body piercer with some flexibility, because when I, when I got into piercing, um, it, it wasn't super common to do guest spots. It would be like if you had a staff member who was specifically going on vacation or maternity leave or something like that, you would, you would get like a fill-in person. But it, it wasn't really the same culture that it is now where there are shops where their entire model is just like, all right, then we get a guest artist in for this month and then another guest artist for this month. And that's just kind of how they, they do things. And I think that's awesome. For sure. It's really cool. And I... Um... I definitely know that I kind of jumped into this at a time when it was, um, mo it was it was easiest to do because studio structures are changing in that way, like you said. Um, and it's cool that this industry uh, is like that. This is even an option in this industry the way that it is now. Um, I didn't like start doing this in any sort of way, thinking 
you know, this is going to be what I do for a career now, like as far as the traveling bit goes, but it kind of just transformed into that, uh, which has been extremely fortunate. And yeah, it's been awesome. So to kind of like back it up a little bit for, for a long time, I knew you as like a new England based piercer. Um, did you, did you start at black diamond or did you start somewhere else and move on to black diamond? No, I totally started at black diamond. I, uh, I did my apprenticeship there with Georgina. Um, that was like a year plus and I was there for a very long time between my apprenticeship and piercing full time. I was there for eight years about maybe a little more. Um, what was it like? What was it like starting in, in one shop? And I, I don't know if it was a lifestyle choice that started you bouncing around or if it was just personal growth with like the professional side or something. But going from working long time in one shop to starting to kind of sp- spread yourself out, did that start with like, I want to get out and learn more or I want to see different parts of the country and see where I might want to live long term? Like what was some of the, the motivation for getting out and seeing different shops? Uh, it was it was all of that really. Um, so, I mean, for one thing, like you know, like I said, I'd been at Black Diamond for eight years, and that was the entirety of my twenties, basically. Um, and you know, there's there's a pop punk kid still living in me that was like, I got to get out of my hometown. I got to go check out some other stuff. Um, so that was a big part of the drive was just. Um, you know, I'd been in this one small corner of the country for so long and I just hadn't done much travel generally in my life, uh, up until that point. And so, so there was definitely some wanderlust there, you know, needing to see some other stuff. Um, and you know, like personal things as well. Like I'd, I'd lost a lot of roots, uh, keeping me in Connecticut over like the last definitely the last year that I was uh, working at Black Diamond, but kind of over the last few years I was there. Um, There was just less and less kind of keeping me glued to this one spot, which Mm -hmm. in turn made it a lot easier to decide, like, I think it's time to to start something different, to try something different at least. Um, and, And Black Diamond, too, like, was a really busy studio. Um... So, you know, I was very thankful for that. But at the same time, just in my own, like, I don't know, personal profession, I was starting to feel a bit stagnant just being in one place for so long. And I I just wanted to see kind of how other studios could operate and just see how I could grow by just seeing some other places and working in some other places. Well, like having someone who's long-term in a studio and and branching out and trying different stuff it can be really good for the piercer but it can also be really good for the studio too because i would imagine if you were there and you were there for you know eight years or something there was probably going to be someone coming up behind you someone that wanted the same kind of opportunity to be trained or expand their growth in like a high quality studio like that so it's probably kind of like a win-win where you move on and you can grow more and then they can maybe bring someone in to help them grow more and um, yeah, I, sure. I would see you at conference too. So I would imagine that you started to make those connections outside of Connecticut, bef- like long before you made the, the decision to start kind of working outside of Connecticut too. Uh, definitely that, that helped a lot. Um, I, I'd only been to a couple conferences, uh, up until, uh, leaving the one studio I was at just cause you know, like you alternate years with your other piercers so that one person can go and you hold down the fort. Um, but yeah, wow. Going to conference was extremely helpful. Um, and just, 
the internet, you know, like, uh, you like networking was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am very thankful for that. Cause the first few guest spots that I did, um, like I, I'd, I'd done a few guest spots while I was still working at black diamond, but just like a few, um, but then the first few guest spots that I started with kind of in this long string of them were at studios that I had friends working at. So it was a good way to kind of start it off like, oh, you're my friend and you're inviting me out to your shop because, you know, I am looking to do guest spots and it just kind of uh, continued growing from there. So with your with your very first guest spot, was that something local like another new england shop or was it like a a reach shop somewhere where you had to travel to like what was it like crossing that barrier into okay i've, I've been piercing in my comfort zone and now i'm going to pierce somewhere else like what was your first experience like so i mean so technically the very first guest spot that i ever did was while i was still at black diamond it was um i want to say maybe 2016 or 17 something like that I think 16. Um, and that was at Haven Body Arts in Northampton, Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the very first time I did a guest spot. Um, and I was totally like terrified. I was freaking out because I was like, oh my gosh, I've only ever worked in one place. I know where all my things are. What if they don't have the thing that I need? Right. I, I like this one receiving tube very much, you know, and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So that was my first experience with it. But it was nice that you know it was only like a 45 minute drive away and like a single day and um i it it ended up becoming like a reoccurring thing like i would go back there like one sunday every month um and that i think was really helpful for me to feel more comfortable with the idea of piercing somewhere that was less familiar um especially too with it being pretty local like that was cool um and then from there uh, I still was keeping pretty local. Like I did a couple guest spots at Rockstar in Providence, Rhode Island. I did a couple at Piercing Emporium in Worcester. Um, so those were like my first, like my very first guest spots ever. All still pretty local. Um, the very first guest spot that I did in this stint of guesting was at Born This Way mm-hmm. in Knoxville. Um, that was like the beginning of it. That was January, 2019, like the start of the whole thing. Um, cause Tyler was still working there at the time and he invited me out and that, uh, was, it was an awesome guest spot. Same thing. It totally freaked me out. Cause I was like, Whoa, I'm flying to a guest spot now. Like that's right. Like the big far, time. Right? Yeah. Like this is crazy. Um, and I, it was, I think, perfect because, again, it was a friend's studio or, you know, a studio that I had friends at. And um, but it was also still incorporating some of that, like, new, like, OK, you're getting on a plane and you're going far away and you're going into a totally different region of the country. Like right. the South is different, all of that. Um, and yeah, like same thing. It was scary at first, like day one, I think, of any guest spot, even still is always a little jittery and a little like, OK, let me like kind of ground myself, uh, figure out the flow of the studio, how I operate like in the piercing room and with counter staff and all of that. Like it's always each new guest spot will always be a little bit like intimidating at first. And then it just becomes easier. At least for me, it's become easier. Like every new place I go, I feel a lot more confident now um, in like my ability to kind of adapt to a new setting. Well, I feel like there's, 
there are kind of like generational skills with the people that I see who are regular guest piercers. And I think it starts off like, you know, you maybe do a place that's drivable, a shop that you already, you know, you have some sort of connection to them and you feel a little bit more comfortable and welcome there. Maybe you have a sense that they operate in a similar way to, to how you operate. But then I think the next step is those reach shops where you have to kind of get out and then, you know, you have to be able to bring a certain kind of versatility from like a technique standpoint, but also just like a, a customer service. And you need to be able to mold yourself to their studio practices. And I think the the most successful guest piercers that I know of are the ones that can really, they can just take that deck out of their card and they can say like, okay, you operate this way. You know, you, in your shop, you have the counter staff handle this, but then the piercer handles this and then the other shop, this and that, you know? So um, being able to, make yourself that stronger piercer sounds like it would be like a really fulfilling part of, of your career. And sounds like it would really kind of expand your, your mentality. Um, absolutely. I, I cannot even, uh, explain how much of a stronger piercer I feel I am now versus a year ago. Um, cause you know, you get so comfortable in, in your one shop as you will and as you should. Um, and yeah, I think like, having like adaptability in your arsenal is so helpful. Um, and it's been really helpful for me. Um, just like, like when I go into a new studio that I haven't worked at before, I will, if, if I haven't like gotten the rundown already, the first several questions I'll ask, uh, or maybe just the first question I'll ask is like, run me through like what happens from when a client walks in the door to me bringing them back to them leaving. Cause like, you know, every shop has a very different flow. Like, who's greeting? How's jewelry being shown? Am I setting up my my autoclave? Are you doing that? Like, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like a much, much stronger piercer now because I know so many different ways that a shop can flow. And, um, and the other thing, too, I mean, I never, ever go into anyone's studio with some kind of, like, cocky attitude, but occasionally I'll have a studio owner be like, Hey, you've been traveling. Like if you see anything while you're, sp while you're working here, um, if there's something that you can like, like point out that could be more efficient or this or that, that maybe you've seen work, uh, somewhere else, like bring it up. Um, and I feel like, you know, really, really glad that I have that, I guess that I can offer that, but also like, um, like right now I don't, see uh an exact end in sight like I'm still kind of really really enjoying this but um being able to experience so many different studios also gives me a way to like determine what I'll eventually seek out in a permanent shop sure well it's also it's a big sign of professionalism on on both sides of that perspective because you can go into a studio and if they're if they're open to it, you can certainly give feedback and say, well, you know what, I tried this in this other shop and maybe it would be a, a big benefit to you. And I, I think that's that's going to make this, the shop stronger in the same way that you seeing different shops and seeing the best of the best or maybe learning from things that you don't want to be doing. That's going to make you a much stronger piercer, but you're probably also going to bring a lot to those shops that you're guesting at and say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? It's probably also going to be really inspiring for the other piercers there because they might get that breath of fresh air in the studio. And, you know, one way or the other, there's there's going to be a, a really good information exchange, I would imagine. 
Definitely. I, I like to think so. Um, and another thing, too, that's been that I've really like gained from this whole experience is just how how humbling it is to discover that that no one is right 100 percent of the time about anything that we're doing. Um, you know, aside from like the baseline, how to be safe, how to be clean and all of that, um, you know, working at one shop for so many years, I, and I, I think a lot of us kind of get into a place where we're like, well, this is definitely like the best way to pierce this nostril or like, this is definitely the best way to set up my tray for this thing or whatever. And we, uh, I think tend to get like, um, we tend to get comfortable in a certain, in a certain way being like, oh, I just, I got it all figured out. I know what's up. Um, and it's great, I think, to be taken out of your comfort zone and put into other studios. Cause then you start to realize like, shit, I didn't have anything figured out. I thought I did, but like, this is totally a better way to do this particular thing in this setting. Um, or like, wow, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing a total, like, like for one thing, uh, Black Diamond was very tool heavy and I've now been working at a lot of shops that are all disposable. Um, so that's been a really fun, like kind of a fun way to experiment, I guess, not experiment, but like, uh, just gain knowledge of how to work well in both studios, like how to use tools really well, how to be disposable really well, how to get crafty with disposable type utensils and things. Um, and it's great too getting to talk with so many other piercers across the country, many of who I've like looked up to forever, and getting to like actually sit down and have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them has, I mean, has so much value. Um, well, I would I would imagine when you're when you go out to someone's studio, it's going to create moments that you might not get from just online interactions or a text message or something like that because you you kind of you establish yourself as as a peer as a colleague and you can really have that information exchange i i really appreciate it when i talk to piercers and i get past that um that barricade of like well i'm trying to present myself as as the ideal piercer and not maybe like the reality and i think when you can talk to someone and they can say yeah you know what like i do high nostrils but i'm, I'm not really super comfortable so how are you doing yours or when you get into that shop talk and you can you can be vulnerable with another piercer and be like hey i would really like to work on this or hey let me show you this this trick that i learned from someone like i love that kind of stuff absolutely and um i think using the world the word uh vulnerable is important there um because in the beginning of all of this i um i didn't necessarily like set out to be like i'm gonna be an app member at large like full time this is my career this is what i'm doing i just knew that i wanted to try something different and i figured i'd see how long it goes or how long it could go for and um uh in the beginning of all of it i was definitely like very intimidated because i was like you know i'm just i'm just some chick from connecticut no one even knows what Connecticut is. Like, uh, I, I don't know, um, like what I, I don't know. I was very doubtful of myself. I was very anxious about the whole thing. And then it's been awesome to go to different studios and meet these people, like meet all these people that I've looked up to, uh, only to discover that they are in fact just real people like I am. And we can have conversations about you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm actually not great at that one thing, or I don't feel super comfortable with that one thing. Like, how do you do that, dude? And, and 
yeah, really being able to have those types of one-on-one conversations and allow yourself to be vulnerable and allow yourself to just be like, yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a piercer like you, dude. Like, let's just talk about it. Um, I, yeah, I think it's super valuable. And while you can have those types of conversations sometimes at conference, um, and like camp and stuff like that, it's, it's definitely different when you're just like chilling on someone's couch, like sure, yeah. hanging out with their dogs or something, just having these kind of conversations. Um, so that's been, that's been like one of my favorite things that I've taken away from all of this is, you know, working in different environments is amazing. Um, but really like the conversations that I've been able to have just one-on-one with people I look up to has been like the absolute best. That's, that's um, the whole reason yeah. that this, stupid podcasts even exist because I, you know, I was really fortunate with a lot of travel and I would, I would just sit down and I'd have these great conversations with people. And it was like, uh, I'm going to record this. Is that okay? But (laughs) it really, it really removes the intimidation factor when you see another piercer, like in their pajamas or them playing with their, their pets or something like that. And you can really meeting, meeting piercers as people has really been, um, enriching to me because I, I can take all these people that maybe I look up to and I can see, more than just like their Instagram feed. And I can really see them as a person and it really gives me this new appreciation of, of them as a professional. Absolutely. That's, that's so the biggest thing because, you know, as humans, we all just want to be liked and we all want to look cool in front of our peers. And so naturally we're, we're all doing the same thing. We're all posting our very best work um, shot in the very best light on Instagram. And we're, (laughs) Um, you know, we're, we're all trying to look really good, look really cool, all of that. I mean, we're all guilty of it. Um, and by doing that, um, we can also intimidate other people that maybe we'd be friends with if we'd all just behaved like normal people. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's been a big thing for me with this. Like I, Again, just being in one studio for so long and seeing all these amazing piercers across the country, um, just being so cool and doing such amazing work, uh, I was I was very intimidated um, by the whole thing. And now that I have been doing this and traveling to different studios for uh, like the last 14 months, um, you know, there's still some cool people out there that I will be intimidated by, but for the most part... Um, it's been easier. It, it just keeps getting easier to meet people and talk with people in a real way on a real level. Um, and, and that's, what's really been like helping me to grow as a piercer and not even just like in a technique type of way, but I think it's also benefited how I interact with my clients now too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know, my, my client, connections and interactions have always been my favorite part of piercing and when you work at a studio like black diamond for instance where you're pumping out like 30 or 40 piercings a day um it's awesome but you don't have as much time to interact with people and um now that i've been working i mean i've worked at studios ranging in all types of traffic um but i think like um you know discovering that we're people and we can be vulnerable and we don't have to be so cool all the time. Like it's easier to just interact with people in the piercing room as well. If that makes sense. I mean, it does. I I really do not have the same kind of guest experience as someone like you or someone that's like a full-time traveling piercer, but uh, it, it really has made it more 
comfortable for me to have interactions because in my own studio, sometimes I get bogged down by like, I need to create the perfect piercing, give people the perfect experience. And it's like, I'm doing it almost formulaically because I know what works best in my studio on average. And when I can kind of break myself out of that, where I could be like, well, I'm in a completely different area with completely different personality types and every environment and everything. Like I need to just kind of like experience the moment. And that really changed the way that I interacted with clients where it's like, they're also experiencing this moment. We're in this moment together. And it's like, I'm never as much of a connected piercer as when I'm out of my own element, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like kind of like you said, like it's so easy to become like just robotic when you're in your own shop, um, doing the same kind of thing all day, every day. Like, um, I, at first I didn't like it, uh, being taken out of my comfort zone because anyone who knows me is going to tell you that I'm extremely type A and I like things to be the way that they are and I like to know how things are. So, um, by doing this and like leaving all of my comfort zones behind, um, just being like being on your toes and being in a new environment really helps you to, uh, I don't know, be less robotic, be more personable with your clients. Uh, at least from my experience, like, like I can be like, Hey, yeah, I'm in California right now. That's pretty weird. Tell me about this area. And then I also, I get to learn about new places. Um, I would imagine you probably get a lot of like really awesome food tips too. Oh, I get all the food tips. I, I, uh, that's been a really rad thing too, is every time I go to a new city, I can just be like, Hey, I'm not from here. Tell me what's good. And I go to awesome restaurants. I go to awesome bookshops. I, um, in, in certain areas have been able to do some really killer hiking per like clients recommendations, which has been so cool. And, um, I don't know. It's like the perfect small talk, I guess. Cause we mm-hmm. all have our our versions of small talk, I can just be like, yeah, I'm the guest piercer. I'm not from here. Tell me about this area. And uh, clients get so excited because they they get to talk about something that they know much about, which is great. I think it tends to make them less nervous about what's going on. Like they don't think about how they're about to get a piercing and they're scared of that. They get to inform me of something and that makes them feel great, it seems. Um and it's just mutually beneficial because it keeps conversation like light, happy conversation happening in the room. So, um, I, I mean, I'm taking full advantage of the fact that it's, it's good small talk when you run out of like, how was your day? Oh, sure. what else do you have going on today? <laughs> well, it also helps because you're, you're keeping the client in their comfort zone and you're getting them talking about something that they're most comfortable in. So it's probably like way more of a natural, enthusiastic conversation too. It def- yeah, I definitely feel that way. Um, and then again, I get to learn about new, a new place, which, uh, like I said earlier, was a big drive in beginning this whole thing, too, just to see something other than New England, you know. Um, and yeah, it's been great. So what has, just random trivia, what has been your favorite non-piercing thing related to travel? Like, have you had a favorite you know, restaurant or nature thing or concert or like what's, what's been like the biggest, I'm so glad I got to do that with your like new traveling lifestyle. Oh my God. Uh, or even just like one or two random ones out of the air. Okay. Well, one of the best things that I was able to do, uh, as I went to Moab in Utah, um, 
over the summer, I was guesting at Iris in Salt Lake City, and I had one day off. And Chelsea over there was kind enough to leave her car with me. So I woke up really early in the morning on my day off and drove the four hours out to Moab. And I hiked at Arches National National Park like the entire day. Um, and that was like the one of the coolest experiences of my life. Yeah. Um, I, I just get really stoked on – I like hiking a lot and I like going outside a lot. And um, – I mean, you know, New England, like it's pretty, but there's not a whole lot of elevation sure. or anything huge or crazy. And so getting to go somewhere like that and hike all day was just nuts. Like it was like the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, what about food? Can you can you think of like an amazing meal you had somewhere? I can actually. Um, I went to this restaurant recently when I was in San Francisco uh, called Shizen which is a vegan sushi restaurant. Ooh. And it's like, I didn't realize this when I was there, um, but I was talking to the people at Rose Gold's about going. Um, Cause I was like, oh, it's, I've heard it's a good restaurant, we should go. And they were like saying, oh, you know, yeah, we can get in. Uh, because apparently it's so popular that like the second they unlock their door, there's like a two hour wait. Oh. And you like sneak your way onto like a Yelp wait list and they're only open like five hours a day or something. It's but it it was some of the best food I've ever had in my life. Um, and so that recently that just definitely comes to mind because that was amazing. Um, yeah, I uh, I guess all the anything outdoor related and food related has definitely been some of. Some of the best. I mean, that sounds great to me. Like, that's my, that's usually my number one when I go travel somewhere is I ask somebody like, you know, what's the best place to go and get a taco or pizza or sushi or whatever. And I just love, because people are so enthusiastic to be like, this is my favorite restaurant ever. You got to try it. And I, I love that stuff. Yeah. People have got really hard opinions on, on food and I appreciate that. Um, something I also learned is that in Portland, Oregon, um, every bar by law has to serve food as well. Um, mm. so I had a lot of really killer vegan bar food. I'm yeah. not vegan, vegetarian, but it's just, it's trendy out there. So it's been easy enough to eat that way. And, um, just, just cool little quirks like that, I guess. Like, oh, okay. You have to have bar or uh, have food at your bars. I like that detail. Um, that's super cute. Yeah. And then also, too, um, I am a big fan of doing kind of like like over the top touristy things, like things that are so lame, mm -hmm. but you're there. So you have to. So, like, for instance, when I I've done a few guest spots with Infinite in Philly and um, my first time there, I was like, well, I got to go see the Liberty Bell, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I'm in Philadelphia, um, and I did, and it is, in fact, just a big bell, and uh, <laughs> you know, I looked at it, but now I've seen it. I've been near it's it. It's like when you go to Plymouth Rock on a on a school field trip. Oh it's like, God. we're going to go to Plymouth Rock, and then you get there, and it's like, oh, it's it's a rock. Right. There it is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, but when it's somewhere that I'm not from, I'm very Right. Excited. You're like, oh, my God, look at that rock. Yeah, exactly. So going back to like piercing stuff, when you when you started to kind of get out there full time as a as a guest artist, what were some of the more intimidating things that you encountered that you maybe had to overcome? Like when you mentioned versatility with techniques, like 
Um, was Black Diamond like a primarily tool-based shop? Like, did you find any of like intimidation factor or challenge when you started to get into more of like a disposable place or or just anything that was wildly different than than your your normal routine? Like, what were some of your biggest challenges when you started out with that? Um, well, so that definitely was one of the uh, one of the things to kind of learn how to adapt to uh, tools versus disposable. Um, Black Diamond was always very tool heavy. Kind of towards the end of my being there, we were starting to introduce a few disposable bits. Um, but they were, they were more like, if it's a busy day and we run out of pin tapers, okay, fine, we can make some now. Mm -hmm. Um, so they weren't really like the primary way that we were piercing. Um, so I really hadn't had a whole lot of experience with disposable, um, like a little bit here and there, but, um, so that definitely was a was a fun one to kind of figure out, I guess. I mean, I wasn't left totally in the dark, of course, like any piercer that was at the shop I'd be going to. Um, I could just be like, Hey, how do you like go about doing this without any tools? Like that's weird. Um, and so, yeah, that was definitely something to kind of figure out and learn and, um, become actually proficient at also things like working out of my hands and things like that. I, uh, I prefer a tray and I've always used a tray, but there's been a few studios where it's really just like it, it just would make more sense to kind of work out of your palms. Um, so that was like a fun, tricky little thing to figure out. Like how do I fumble these few things and not drop them all on the floor? Right. Um, I'm still, I'm still there. So next time you see me, give me some tips. <laughs> uh, I'll try. I mean, there's probably some people who are better, better for that, but we, we can talk. Um, and so I, I would say like those are probably a couple of the the biggest things. Um, and even too, like working out of packages versus working out of a statum. Mm -hmm. um, when I started at Black Diamond, everything was prepackaged, but then I guess maybe the last maybe half of my time there, we switched over to just everything being out of a statum. Um, so I almost like forgot how to, like have all of my things like on my tray. Okay. I'm going to open this thing. And now this part is my sterile feel, but now I'm going to open this thing. Like, um, it just comes back to like coming out of your comfort zone and coming out of what you're used to. Cause when you're at your own studio, you're just like on autopilot. It's like, Oh, I open this when I open this and I change my gloves here and I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, whereas when you're in a studio that operates differently, you, it forces you to like pay extra close attention on what you're doing. And it also, I think it forces you to think about why you're doing it. Right. Um, cause it's, it, cause it's not like a, it's not like a muscle memory thing at that point. You're, it's like a carefully, like you're, you're planning what you're doing. Exactly. And I think that's so great to be like put back in that position. Cause that's where we all were during like our apprenticeships. Um, like in the very, in the early learning, really learning stages, it's like, why am I doing this? Why would I not want to touch this dirty thing with these clean gloves? Um, but once you've been piercing for a while and you've just been at one studio, you stop thinking about that kind of stuff. And I, mm -hmm. I really liked um, kind of being forced back into that position where I'm like almost, I guess, relearning in a way or like just um, like reviewing that stuff again. It's good to think back and really you know, instead of just being stuck in your way, stuck on your autopilot, be like, why do I do this thing this way? And uh, is this the best way to do this? Or is this the most efficient? Or is this clean and all of that? Um, so yeah, it's been like, 
it started out, I guess, like awkward and tricky figuring it out, but um, doing it for long enough. I mean, not to say that there's not going to be some shop that throws me a curveball because it still happens and it will continue to happen. But uh, it's nice to like continue adding to my arsenal of like different types of ways a studio can operate. Cause I'm like, Oh shoot. Okay. I'm in a shop that, that operates this way. Now I can kind of think back to another shop that did it similarly. And, uh, and that can be helpful. Yeah. I would imagine uh-huh. it, it probably gets a good amount easier each time you, you make a hop too, because you're just going to be a stronger piercer each time. I like to think so. I like to think so. Um, and what else is kind of nice is um, I'm now starting to do some repeat guest spots. Mm-hmm. So like the majority of 2019, so all of 2019 I was traveling and the majority of those guest spots um, were first time guest spots. Some of them were not, but most of them were. Um, and now with the start of 2020, um, I'm actually really shockingly booked out with guest spots right now. Mm-hmm. Um and, and a good amount of them are repeats, which makes me feel good. It's like, okay, cool. I didn't fuck that up. They invited me back. Um, uh, but it also makes it a little bit easier. Like, I'm jumping back into something that I already know, which is nice. Like, sure. Like, oh, hey, everybody. I already know. Like, that's your job. That's my job. And and I can it's, – it's nice. And I think um, studios, too, like to be able to invite back a guest they've already had out. Um, cause they may not have to like reteach somebody all the things. Sure. Um, they're like, okay, I'm inviting someone out that I already know and I trust and they know that they know how to do it here. And, um, in that way, I think, you know, like guest and host studio, we mutually benefit each other. Um, so yeah, it's really nice. It's probably a little bit like a, like a network too, because I would imagine, Certain shops that want guest artists are going to be very picky about the the level of skill that they bring in and being able to say like, okay, I've, I've guessed it here, I've guessed it here, I've guessed it here. And I'm sure those those shop owners are talking with each other for references every now and then, you know, and being able to be on that list of like, yeah, you can trust your clients with this person or like, yeah, they, they came here and they were worth it and we would have them back again because... I've had guest artists before and now I I don't like to have guest artists because I had bad experiences, you know, and I would be definitely willing to try it again. But I now I know as a shop owner, I need to look for the people who have good references. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they guessed it here for a week or however long and, and they did things correctly and it wasn't, we, we didn't have to pull half of what they did and we don't regret any sort of bonuses or tips or anything that we had to pay out to them because they, they, they pulled their weight. And unfortunately, you know, I, I have not had that same kind of luck with the few people that I had in for guest for guest spots. So well, that's um, you haven't had me at your studio yet. Yeah, well, you know, come on out sometime if you ever want to come and slum it up again in, in New England. Oh, for sure. No, New England's got charm. I don't mind coming back. Probably not uh, in the winter, though, I would imagine. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you have, like, are, are you planning it out like that? Are you planning, like, you know, I'm just going to follow spring forever and just kind of stay in <laughs> places where I can wear, like, T-shirts and shorts? Uh. To a certain degree. Um, I mean, so like generally speaking, I go where the work is. So like uh, I go where I'm invited and if it works out for my schedule and all of that, like I'll go. Um, I have been fortunate in the last like 
couple, like the last few months, I have been steering clear of the East Coast because um, I I was just in California for like a month or so. And before that, I was at HTC in Phoenix for a few weeks for like most of December and January. So I have been, you know, I was invited during those times. So I went out, but it also works out really nice that I, I was like, see you later winter. I'm going to go hang out in the desert now. Um, <laughs> And so actually right now I am home in Connecticut for one day. Um, like I flew back from LA last night and I'm here for one day and tomorrow I get in my car and I drive down to Virginia. Um, so it just worked out that coming back to the East coast, I'm stopping in Connecticut for a day and all that. But so if it were up to me, I'd stay warm all the time, but (laughs) smart. That's kind of what I was doing with my classes. I had some people that were like, yeah, you should come to, come to Canada or you should come to, you know, Minnesota. And it's like, I will do that in the spring or the summer. I am not going anywhere where I need to pack three jackets. Exactly. I, um, last February, um, I went up to Cowpoke in Buffalo. So I was in Buffalo, New York for three weeks right. in February. Yeah. So probably the worst time you could go there, but, um, they're one of my favorite studios and they're all my best friends. So I was like, well, I'm not going to not go, but, I hate you for inviting me during this time because you know I'll do it. Uh, So you win some, you lose some, I guess. If you could give some advice to piercers who are out there who, you know, they they want to cross that line. They want to be a guest artist, but they don't know where to start. Like, what's some of the advice that you would give them? Hmm. Uh, Well, um, I mean, there's a few things. I, I think, for one thing, it's not to let what intimidates you uh, hold you back from even getting started. I definitely did not think initially that I could do this at all. I was like, you know, there were a couple other piercers that I'd seen do this in kind of a long-term way. And I would look at them and be like, man, that's so cool. But like, I I could never do that. Um, So I think firstly, just removing that mindset of like, I can't do that. I couldn't do that. Like you absolutely can. Um, and and that's important first of all um and i guess also like allowing things to not always work out the way you want them to uh that's also important that was a really big one for me being the type a person that i am um i have uh historically hated when things don't work out exactly how i want them and i need to have everything really like planned up lined up like be perfect and with this sort of thing it's not always going to be like your schedule is going to get mixed up um or you might not know where the next gig is going to come from and i guess just like being prepared for a little bit of a messy life um well i think you have to you have to st- you have to be good on your feet, like quick on your feet, you know, because if there's a travel element, it's like, you know, you got to be good at travel planning. And if it's working in different shops, you have to be versatile with what you're doing, but you also have to have the confidence to be able to insert yourself into other people's studios and still like pull off a good quality job. Very much. Yeah. So having like the confidence thing is, is a big thing too. And that simply just comes with time. And, um, I guess, a piece of advice I could offer too is if guesting is something that you're interested in, like starting locally and starting small just to kind of like dip your toes, you know, like 
see just what it's like to work in a different environment at all, but maybe it's not too far from home and it's for a day or two and it's not like a huge haul, like you're flying across the country for your very first guest spot ever. Like, unless you want to do that, that's amazing. I would have been way too scared to start that way. Um, but little things like that, maybe even like, you know, reaching out to piercers that are local to you, just being like, hey, dude, do you want a day off? Like, would you be down with me maybe coming in and working at your studio? Because um, kind of in a sense, that's that's what I started with, with like local Massachusetts and Rhode Island studios. Um, well, I feel like that's a, a really good way to make, I mean, if if there are piercers out there listening and they think that something like the idea of guest guest spotting is like this totally alien foreign, I don't know how I'd ever pull that off. Try to step out of your own shop and just make connections with other people. Talk to other piercers in other cities right. because then, yeah, it can totally turn into one of those scenarios where it's like, Oh, you need a day off. Cool. I can come and cover your shop for a day. Absolutely. And like, even though I, I resist social media being as big and important as it is, um, it is. And to an extent, um, maybe not quite as big and important as some people make it out to be, but it's a very useful tool. Um, and I, I definitely, you know, Instagram really kind of helped me pick up certain guest spots. I have been using the, um, the highlight function to post about where I'll be. Um, and I think that's been helpful to not only let people know where I'll go, but also people can see where I've been. And that kind of keeps the networking rolling. Like, oh, Brooke was at this studio. I know who works there. Let me ask them how how she was. And, you know, kind of it it builds on itself. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the best advice really that I could give anybody who, like, is interested in, in starting this is to simply just, like, like start. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, which I realize is not an option for everyone. Like I would not go in and encourage anyone like, Hey, yeah, just quit your job. You know, like I would not say that. Um, but maybe while you still have your studio and it's, it's cool between you and your employer and whatever. Um, if you're able to do like a little guesting just to like get a taste of it, I think that's probably the best place to start. Um, well, there are some people where one side of the coin might be a person might find that, they, they don't want to live where they grew up. They want to live in a, the complete opposite side of the country or they might want to try a completely different kind of shop. They might want to try super busy if they started slow or vice versa. They might want a more of a quiet boutique kind of appointment only setting, but you never know until you get out there. And I think one of the one of the biggest reasons why I like to travel so much now is because I, I, I've always lived here. Like I I live and I own a shop in the city I was born in. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I want to get out of here and I want to see the rest of the U.S. I want to see the rest of the world. And um, I, I wouldn't really know what I want and don't want out of life unless I tried to get out there and, and see some of it. Definitely, definitely. Like, I think um, com like being complacent is one of the worst things there is. Um, and that's just, you know maybe just like a, a personal thing of mine, but I think it's so important to see what else is out there. Um, because you might think like what you've got going on is fine and it's whatever. Um, but you just don't know. Um, and I think that was, you know, a little bit of a driving thing for me. I was just like, what the heck else is out there? I must know. Um, 
And, you know, now I'm doing it. Now I'm seeing what else is out there. So I don't know. I, I think if anyone is like maybe not 100% happy with where they're at, it's absolutely worth seeing what else is out there. Because, I don't know, life is short. There's no point in not being happy. And, sure. You know, so it's, it's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, personal and professional growth is definitely something that I would try to inspire in people. I think a lot of those piercers that talk about wanting to get to the next level, they might not be able to get there because their shop might have kind of a kind of a, a ceiling or a plateau or something like that. And not to say that's a knock against the shop, but, you know, maybe they need to move on to be able to grow and maybe they need to move on for the shop to grow or, or whatever. So it's great that you had the, the courage to take that plunge and see what else is out there. And I would be really excited to maybe do another interview in the future, like in a year or two and, and see where you're at there and, and, you know, how you've grown in the meantime. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap it up, but uh, I, I definitely appreciate you talking to me, especially if you only have what, one day at home before you go off <laughs> to the next place. I definitely appreciate you wasting a little bit of your time talking to me. Oh, it's cool. I'm putting off packing, so I, I don't mind. <laughs> um, so where can people uh, keep up to date on your travels? Social media or website or anything? Uh, yeah, I use Instagram for most of, for most of that stuff. Um, I'm just Brooke Bittens Piercing on Instagram, and that's where I'm posting most like all my travel updates, where I'm going, where I've been, what I'm doing, all of that. All right, great. Well, uh, have fun on your travels, and I'm sure I'll run into you in Las Vegas. Absolutely, yes, you will. All right, travel safe. I'll talk to you later. All right, sounds good. Bye. Bye. All right, thanks for talking to me, Brooke. Have fun out there on the road. I have lots and lots of classes available if you are so interested. I've got Sunday, March 22nd in Chicago. I've got Sunday, April 5th in Boston. I've got Monday, April 13th in Manchester, UK. And I've got Sunday, May 3rd in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So if you're interested in any of those, go ahead and follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook. You can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars, or you can just cut to the chase and email me at ryanpba at gmail.com, and I can get you registered for any of those. They're open to professional piercers of any skill level. I just ask that you are in a studio. Uh, apprentices are also welcome, but I do ask that you come with your mentor just uh, so they can kind of help guide you through the, the day. So if you're interested in any of those, go ahead and get yourself signed up. Thanks for listening. I'm going to be back next week with that special Anatometal episode with Barry Blanchard. And I'll see you then. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.